Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith and Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. I keep getting invited for threesomes and sometimes foursomes with Chris Harris. What? I kid you not. It happens on Instagram on a daily basis. In fact, it happens multiple times on Instagram. Me, Chris Harris and a whole cluster of sex bots. (laughs) I I can't... can't, And they are constantly, they're constantly <laughs> hounding me. But what's amazing is, you, you know, you can tell they're not real people. They're just sort of like AI sex pests. But yes. it's always loads of made up names and like, I don't know, bananas with like squirting water coming out the end, emojis. And then my oh, name, yes. and, I, and I'm and i tagged in on it. And, and the only other person is Chris Harris. <laughs> so these are sex bots, but with a thing for car journalists. Well, this is, I, I keep meaning to message Chris and go, Chris, are you? Do you get these as well, or is it just me? Because I, I, I don't want you to think that I've hooked you into this. I haven't like grabbed you by the scruff of the neck, go, come on, you, you're coming into the strip club with me. What um, are you a bit worried that he thinks that this is you, like enthusiastically endorsing it with your sex bot mates? Like, yeah, uh, come on, I, yeah, we need someone else. Oh, I'll tell you what, I know who'd be up for this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Chris Harris off Chris Harris on Cars and Top Gear and stuff? Yeah, 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 him. yeah. I'd, and I'd be like, yeah, come on, Chris. It's, it's warm in there. I'll be warm. Take your gilet off. You're not going to need that. Come on. In yeah, you come. Um, this, <laughs> this squirting aubergine emoji <laughs> made up woman really wants to know about the transient uh, handling characteristics of the BMW M2 before yeah. we do some mucky stuff. Honestly, um, but it's always it's always group sex invites, but with Chris, Chris Harris. Yeah. With Chris Harris. <laughs> just, so, just so you know, it hasn't, it hasn't so... and isn't going to happen, and it's not real. Uh, but I do. I have to. I have to clear all that spam out, and it takes a lot of energy. So I, I don't go on Instagram very much. And the last time I looked in my um, inbox, I get confused as well by the Instagram inbox system because you've got different folders, haven't you? And I don't ever quite know. Yeah, you get tagged what into stuff, to be doing and then you it. get actually yeah. messaged. The requests one is the sort of free for all, isn't it? Yeah. And that's where I have noticed a few sort of bots getting in there recently but, oh loads um, just so many well good so, so I, there's that i mean uh, that's i, I, speak I of by the way. i've just finished reading his book um I, i'm always plugging my books but i'll plug his for a change uh, i really enjoyed it um it's got it's got it's got a very funny bit about um how his dad used to get into written disputes or at least he would he would write sternly worded letters to big companies to express his displeasure about stuff yeah and chris only discovered some of this uh, when his dad died and he was going through his papers and found <laughs> the bit that made me laugh was that he'd had, he'd had quite a robust back and forth with campbell's soup 
<laughs> those, those were the days when you'd write a letter. Yeah, I my, can't believe. I don't even know. He doesn't say what it was about. I think he wrote to the people who make club biscuits. Oh, big yeah. Big club biscuit enthusiast. In yeah. fact, I was Are messaging with Monkey this week. Vitty's own club? I think it was Jacob's, isn't it? Oh, Jacob's make Jacob. the club. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. they've been taken over by Vitty's. Yeah. I was messaging with Monkey this week and I said I enjoyed your book and I liked the bit about Campbell's soup. And then we started talking about club biscuits and this led me to go out and buy some club biscuits. I love clubs. I suddenly had a massive. They're great. Yeah. I do think they have thinned the chocolate on the sides, though. Oh, see, that's a shame. Because sure. that was the main draw for me. Well, you just um, annoy it off, didn't you? Yeah. You could just, just nibble it off, and it feels like it's now th- it's so thin it doesn't come off in a sort of satisfying sheet. Do you it know what... breaks off in bits. If the Club Biscuit was in car form, mm. I think I know what car it would be. Oh. I think it would be a Toyota IQ. Because the thing really? about the IQ is it always feels very, very... It feels like a very solid sugar lump of a car... Mm. For for its dimensions and mm. it it and it I, I've always said the steering on that car is spookily good, like spookily charismatic and communicative for a car that's probably not really designed for owners that give a toss about stuff like that. Mm. Um, and I feel like you get a lot of communication when you're carefully dissecting a club biscuit. I, bear in mind, I haven't eaten a club since the invention of the internet i don't think <laughs> well um, i can recommend so i can't it. really remember but yeah i was talking um, to monkey about club biscuits and i was like screw it i've got a horrible craving for a club biscuit now so um i had to pop out and get a couple of things and i bought a sleeve of clubs <laughs> mint they had orange or mint in the supermarket i went mint do you know what they're both really good um orange i have a mm. distinct memory of orange ones um used to get them when I used to help muck out the horse stables uh, near me, the last sort of two years of primary school, I get dropped off there by a mate's mum who had an Alpha Sud with a Robasto sunroof, and um, and she always used to say, "Oh, um, take a snack in case you get hungry." And she always used to reach down, and she had always had a pack of orange clubs, always. So oh. so if I eat an orange club now, I can I I close my eyes and I can disappear back into the velour seated uh, alpha Ooh. sud with the wabasto you hear right a back. rasping exhaust note as you as oh you yeah orange club yeah and on a summer's day uh with the wabasto back oh fantastic oh oh yeah but dirty wabasto. Uh, i i apologize because uh it's uh, it turns out that club biscuits are now made by uh mcvitties they were i think jacobs but I just looked on the club website <laughs> because I wanted to check. They really are. They've not deleted the fruit flavour. Oh, I love the fruit. it wasn't. Was it the biscuit with yeah, the fruit? Yeah, I in? like the fruit. Yeah. No, it's okay. Good news. Fruit club still exists. Mint, orange, or, or fruit seem to be your mainstay flavours. There's also, now you see, look, they're mucking around here. There's something called club honeycomb crunchies, but it's not a club biscuit. It's got like yeah, a... That's a strip club. You know... <laughs> that's got a strip. That's a stripper name, that. But then, confusingly, it's got cake crunchies written on the wrapper, and there's a as a cutaway of of what's inside on the front to show you, and it's like one of those vans with a sort of welded on high top. It's got an extra bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I love those. Biscuit. I love just, those vans with, with the it. extra high top. Anyway, well, <clears throat> I I, must, I need to buy some clubs, but um, in the meantime, uh, some some serious news. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't go on Facebook 
okay. But mm. uh, I, it's it's been sent to me, and I'm just going to check their name. It's been sent to me via DM on Instagram by a chap called Charles Smith, who mm. is a lovely guy, clearly a sweet, sweet guy, because those are two of my names. I'm Jonathan Charles Smith. So he sent me this. He went, you might be interested in this. A Nigel Mansell autographed can of mushroom soup. <laughs> on, <laughs> I we talk about Mansell alarmingly frequently <laughs> on Smith and Sniff. Yeah, but this is this is yeah, just all new. So I'm I will I will share this link with the patrons. There is a photograph of uh, Heinz mushroom soup can, and it genuinely has Nigel Mansell's signature on it, and it's being sold for five pounds. I think. Shall I just buy it? Five pounds. Shall I just? It's five pounds. Yes. Okay. I'll, yes. All right, I'll buy it now. Is there any backstory to it, or is it simply presented as is? I don't know. The the chap selling it is in. Do you know what? He might be quite near you, Rich. Oh no, he's in, he's in oh. he's in Essex. I thought it was Cheltenham, but okay. it's Chelmsford. He's um yeah he's called Joseph. But it's Bell. not like he's gone. Oh, I was in a Londis, <clears throat> and Nigel Mansell came in to buy a sleeve of club biscuits. And I just <laughs> grabbed the first thing I could find and got him to sign it. Do you know what the person selling it is called Joseph Bell? Is it not Derek's? One of Derek's sons, is it? <laughs> Derek's gone. Oh, I got, I got Mansell pissed. Nigel Mansell was around our house. <laughs> signed everything. Yeah, just signed. He couldn't stop signing. It was insane. He had, uh, he had four cans of Labatt's, and he was just rolling around everywhere. And he just, he just got his, got his chubby marker out and just fucking autographed everything. He was autographing the sure. wife's cupboards. She went ballistic. So he went, all right, yeah. and just opened yeah. the cupboards and just started like signing at all of it. Decide all of the week's shopping. <laughs> Autographed one of the cats. And that got fur on his pen and that put a stop to his nonsense. It just we've got a lovely white leather sofa. He got the chubby Sharpie out and just did a big squiggle on it. <laughs> Honestly, you can't see this. I'm gonna send it to you now so that you can see while we're uh, while we're chatting what on earth I am witnessing here, because I just don't understand. I don't understand it's, what I need the context. I really yeah, need the, the context. context here. Would, would would help. I think we should um, buy it though. So, because oh, should buy Facebook it. Facebook Marketplace. Maybe it's not a signed Nigel Mansell can of mushroom soup. Maybe it's just an advert for a prostitute disguised as. See, look, I'm I'm scrolling down, and it's just lots of pictures of. I mean, maybe these are really clothes for sale. I'm oh, sorry, I've got distracted. I'm looking at the soup. Wow. It's a. I mean, a. <laughs> The description says, lovely can of mushroom soup, signed by <laughs> Nigel Mansell. I mean, we need to, it's, surely. I mean, there's, why just, uh, <laughs> this is so confusing, why? I, I know. Why All right, Nigel, sign this, will you? Yeah. Uh, it's a can of soup, yeah, I know. Do you know what, though? I, I, I bloody bet. Have you not got a piece of paper? Yeah. I bet Mansell is a club biscuit eater. I bet he really likes the club. Do you think? Yeah, I just got it. I bet he's got one in his breast pocket of his race jacket at all times. <laughs> he's just <laughs> when you need a, a little nibble, and because they're short wheelbase clubs, they can fit into loads of little orifices. I don't mean like that. I mean like pockets. So, um, <laughs> where is this going? I was not expecting. I it don't to go know. This well, way. I mean, yes, but I think you should buy that kind of soup. Mm. Okay, chap. And I then, will. I mean, but then just don't don't do that thing where then one day there's absolutely nothing in the house and you're starving and you open the can of man oh, the sake, sake i sort of feel 
can of somehow that reduces its worth. Can of Mansell soup. Empty can of mushroom soup. Mansell soup. Cream of Mansell soup. (laughs) Cream of Mansell. No, we don't want that. Well, look, Um, why don't we talk about cars? Uh, I realised this week, uh, or no, it would have been a couple of weeks ago now, um, Genesis has pulled out of the UK market. It's it's caught infinity-itis. What's the official story here, though? Is it they're not going to start selling some of the cars, but sort of just submit their hind eyes? Well, can I just put my two punts worth here? Mm. Um, every time I see a manufacturer setting up a sub-brand and, I, and sinking goodness only knows how much dollar into it, I just want to tell them, why don't you just focus on making the original thing better? Just stick with one thing. Let's not dilute your thoughts, dilute your energy. Just be better at being Citroen. Get just drop drop <laughs> kick DS. Drop kick DS into the bin. Nobody gives a shit and you haven't done mm. it right. But Citroen's fantastic and it can come up with some really, really good, uh, iconic, memorable, cheerful cars. So just just stop just f- just f- f- DS is probably circling the drain anyway, but just like crack on, you know, with Citroen. Please. Well, I suppose they're trying to bust through the natural ceiling that sits on some companies, isn't it? Like Citroen, a very expensive Citroen wouldn't fly. So they're sort of trying to find a way of selling you a more expensive Citroen without you going, I'm not paying that much for a Citroen. But you not just Same think it would... high high Genesis. And so, because there's more profit in more expensive cars. I know it's a pleading obvious thing to say, but it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, making a tin box isn't that expensive. It costs the same pretty much for... I don't know uh, an i30 as it does for a you know a bigger Genesis because it's just a tin box really isn't it and then your tech and stuff adds to it but it's like the, but the amount extra you can charge it's that thing that um, yeah yeah I the, know what you mean at one point the Range Rover Sport was the single most profitable car in the whole of the Ford Empire was it really because yeah, because Gosh. they could sell it for more than the discovery on which it was based, which gave it some economies of scale. Yeah. And then, because it was quite new at that point, a novelty, and people went, ooh, a slightly smaller, sportier Range Rover. It had, you know, it was quite hot property. And people were piling in and buying the, you know, whatever the top model was called at that point, which is where all the lovely profits sat. And so, yeah, per unit, it was bringing in more than even sort of high-spec F-150s, which are famously quite, or were quite profitable. Yeah, cars, they were. You know, oh. Everything is kind of anchored around it being a work truck, but then if you can sell it in lariat trim for twice what a base model costs, that's a lot of profit for a bit of leather and some dark wood and shit. <laughs> dark wood and shit? Dark wood and shit. I don't think that was in the adverts, but that's essentially what they were It's not dark do. wood that's made so, from repurposed cooking. <laughs> Cooked old shit. No, okay. I mean, you can you can sort of see what they're trying to do, but unfortunately, it's a hard trick to pull off. Yeah, and I wouldn't have bet against Genesis because Hyundai's got a lot of money and a lot of moxie and does, you know, put the effort in. And the cars, <clears throat> and the cars are, are pretty decent. You know, they're well made. They seem to be. They are. No, they are but, absolutely. I just, I don't know. I just the the sort of thrifty. For person in me goes just i don't you don't need to spend money on another another badge just like at the moment we all think that hyundai's are cool so let's just and, and like and and 
we forget that Citroen used to make some really high-end cars. It comes down to being really clever with your marketing and like convincing people maybe it needs a slightly different badge. It's still a Citroen, but it's a Citroen, I don't know, top-level whatever. And, and that's what we should focus on, I think. Yeah, I suppose this is the problem, isn't it? We've sort of pivoted into a world where it, the established upmarket names or upmarket-ish names like Audi and Mercedes have managed to pull the trick off in the opposite direction where they've been Mm. able to make sort of smaller and cheaper cars and somehow maintain this popular perception that they're posh. Doesn't wash with me, Richard. I think the the, the take-home here is it's easier to go down than it is to go up in terms of your perceived prestige. Well, that's the car chat done with, uh, done over for this week. Um, well, yes, join me. <laughs> join me next week when I'm talking more about. Oh no, actually, sorry. Stop, well, stop. next week we'll be basically in Coventry, but but we, uh, no, I've got some more car chat. Yeah, yeah, I've got. Listen, we we got to talk about something that I thought uh, has been uh, a lot of chatter uh, in the last week or so. Is the new Dacia Duster or Dacia? Yeah, I suppose we meant to say D- Dacia. Yeah, um, which the, I saw a picture of it. As usual, you're just kind of not paying attention. And then sort of a picture popped up on it on social media. And I assumed it was a rendering or a concept car because it was one of those shots where it's all loaded with accessories and it was outdoors and in a nice location. And I just thought, it's fake. well, that's something that someone's made up. Yeah. That can't be a, a, any actual Dacia that you're going to be able to buy. And bugger me, you can or you will be able to. And for less than 20 grand. For less than 20,000, okay. Well, that's what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that's the starting price and it'll, it'll go up into the 20s. But let's be honest, you know, when a, when a basic golf is 25 grand now, that's still not very expensive in the general scheme of things. I'm, I'm looking forward to this because I, I, mm. um, we know that they, they win for so many people. I do like uh, I'm Their logo is, it looks like DNA, and I don't know if it's supposed to. Is it supposed to? Oh, maybe. Their new logo is like a sort of, you know, when you can buy fake Adidas trainers um, on the black market, which have four stripes rather than three. <laughs> yes. Well, well, their front grill and badge looks like um, someone's nicked the DeLorean DMC, but just a chopped a yes. little bit out of it because it just says DC. It's confusing as well, because what they've done to create their logo is just pick two letters from their name. But it's like... It's not their name isn't Da Chia, is it? It's it's all one word. It's like when people, you know, people online abbreviate the names of cities and and things. Oh yes, by doing the syllables rather than the. So yes. I used to see it a lot in the MG Rover community. They would uh, abbreviate <laughs> the Long Bridge factory to LB, and you go, it's not a long bridge. It's one word. You should just abbreviate it to L. But I suppose, you know, abbreviations take on a life of their own, don't they? Dacia Datch has decided it's going to go, yeah, we're DC. That's what we are. DC. What, like, Dave, David Coulthard's going to have words with you about that because everyone refers to him yes. as DC and he'll be like, no, I'm I'm yeah. the DC, you're not the DC. It's hard working in F1, isn't it, if your name doesn't naturally lend itself to, because they love that, using people's initials. Saying, oh, DC. DC was talking to MB about it, <laughs> yeah. But, you M- know, MB, uh, don't, don't they make, CH, don't they make popular family C- board games off of the 80s? Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, but no, that, that new, the new Duster, I just thought it's, uh, it's a very nice-looking car. I mean, a, a sort of it, 
one of the things it does is it looks a lot more expensive than yes. the old one. Because that old duster, we, that was what I ended up with as a hire car when my Range Rover brake got sticky and I decided not to risk driving it back from Manchester. And um, it was a perfectly okay car. It was just kind of, yeah, all right, you know. You could see where they saved the money, but not to the point where you felt like it was absolute flimsy cack. It felt quite sturdy. And this new one is now going onto the bang-up-to-date platform that the current Sandero is on. And the current Sandero is, is actually really good. It feels completely modern and proper and not just sort of reheated old Renault shit that they found out the back of the factory. So, <laughs> you know, I think that it will drive in a very pleasant way and it looks really good, it's I think. some serious box arches on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? it has, hasn't it? It's got some beautiful I think, box I wonder arches. if... I think the press photos are all of the four-wheel drive version. And... The uh, the four wheel drive one, for various reasons, presumably racing to its ability to go off road, it sits a bit higher than the um, the two wheel drive one. It's eight mil more ground clearance. So um, it's I think that's probably all well, the ones in the press picks look particularly sort of good and rugged is because they're probably sitting higher. I don't know. Re- Renault Group are doing Renault Group are doing you know the the twenty twenty four is bright for Renault Group. Well, they got all these. Got the Renault Five EV coming, which is just everyone's yeah. excited about, myself included. Um, and then the four, of, following that, of course, the four. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I which, feel like Alpine. Interesting. I feel like Alpine has sort of taken on a. It's had a second wind over the last. Well, since sort of over COVID, almost where you thought you were worried that they were only going to sell twelve in the UK and then, and then peter out and never revisit it again. But actually, I feel like there's enough. It's probably helped by maybe some people in the press, and I know Monkey Harris set his on fire. Um, and I, but he said it was amazing, and I think Gordon Murray owning one and it, it being his daily. I've got, I've got, you know, I've got quite a few photos of my car parked next to Gordon Murray's in the car park of GMA, and I don't mind telling you, I don't mind telling you, Rich. So. I think it's. I think that's a cool car. I'm, I'm hoping to drive the the mad the mad one that I still haven't driven yet. Is it the R? Yes. Yeah, I'm just not driven that. Yet. Are you? Yeah, I'd like to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got it booked in. I'm having a Type Nine Sierra gearbox fitted to it. Um, <laughs> so I want to go manual conversion. So yeah, yeah. Looking yeah, for a really yeah. tall, slightly sloppy stick, and uh, I thought, yeah, Type Nine seems about right. Yeah, or just me. yeah, one of those ones with the Sierra stick with the um, that that pattern on the top with no lines between oh i hate that do you remember i hate that See, i know it used to annoy me as well just put some lines just on put some right. it, it looks so it's because it knows how vague it is Lazy. it knows yes. how vague it is <laughs> they and it they just, were... just goes uh... <laughs> um i'm glad, I, I'm glad you picked I, up I was... on that because my mate's parents oh it used to really bug me um yeah. I, I i was going to say some more stuff about the the new duster but i'm sure people have read about this and if they haven't they can uh it's they, they, you don't come here for car information but anyway it's uh it's well, you say that say. it's uh I think it looks quite nice. Um, and, yeah, it's going to start under 20 grand. The, the current one's 17 and a nudge, and it's going to be a little bit more than that, but still under 20 for the base model. So, which I don't... They haven't put any pictures out of the base model, but I'm hoping it's on Steely still, because that always looks nice. There's a it? UN spec one round here, um, white with yeah. the steels, and it's also got some mm. panel damage, and it does look really good. <laughs> I have to say, it's one of those cars which suits panel damage. I think. Yeah, it sort of does, doesn't it? Full kind of like 
French rural spec. Like it's lived a little. This car works for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's lived. Um, the other thing that I was going to bring up, since we're talking about cars, yeah. is the Toyota Land Cruiser seventy, the old school Land Cruiser. Yes, you know, the sort of upper one, which you've been able to buy in Australia. Yes, um, and South Africa, I think. Yes, and for a while, uh, it was strangely it was built in Portugal but you weren't able to buy it in Europe because they made them in Portugal to then uh, ship them across to North Africa. And I think that's now stopped. But they've given it a facelift and it's gone back on sale in Japan. Oh. Which I found interesting. <clears throat> that's really interesting. I mean, I suppose you could have brought one from Australia where it's also right-hand drive, but... Um, but yeah, it's now officially back on sale. They've facelifted it and given it a sort of taller bonnet and uh, some fancier headlights so that there's still the trad round within the grille sort of affair. The whole front of it, to me, I'll put a picture of this in the Patreon. The whole front of it looks to me like, you know those Funkos? Those little, um, I don't know what you call them, figurines that, that, that kids seem to like of, like, you know, BTS or... What, um, like a wobblehead? I don't know. Like a big head. No, they're thing. those. They, they have. I was in um, a toy shop the other day with my kids, and they have they're a wall of them. You can, I noticed they've got a Lewis Hamilton one. And in fact, I've got. I, I do own a couple of Funkos because they did. They make Pet Shop Boys Funkos, and I thought they were quite good. So I've got a couple I of those. I, I, um, I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. They're these little figurines, and they, they kind of exaggerate the. You know, they're, so they're very short, but then they're quite wide. Everyone's got a very wide head. Oh gosh! And right, okay. Look at the front of the latest Land Cruiser seventy, and it's it's uh, it's it's a Funko. It's got a Funko face. Um, <clears throat> but it's also uh, they've done this a few years ago, I think, when they decide to put a V eight because in Australia you get it with a V eight diesel. And when they did that, they had to modify the front end and bring the front track out, but they didn't do the same to the rear. And so once you sort of notice it, you can't unnotice that it's got a distractingly mismatched track front to rear but it must still drive well it just does it just look a bit is it oh, oh, no well, hang cool. on track wise so is it like one of those uh, i'm trying to think is it like a bulldog got a very wide front track yeah very very narrow yes. so it's like a citroen ds it tapers at the rear yeah, i was gonna say because the ds is or a cx is a bit like that as well yeah, yeah. citroen used to love a wider front track than rear didn't they? But, but there we are we're talking about um, premium citroens so Oh, there we go. Yes. You know, like, the DS is still thought to be one of the most elegant cars. It, it, nobody, mm. nobody ever says, oh, it's, it's a shame it was mass-produced because that means it's affordable. It, it's a glorious car. And Citroen could make a car like that. I think, I know lots of people frown at re- retro-isms, but I think if Citroen mm. was to bring back the DS it, with a proper, proper retro and do it really well... And it could have the chevrons on it, but it, it could have no Citroen words on it, like what Folds did in the 70s, where they just had the word Ford, but no blue oval, I think. They went the other way. Or was it... Is that oh, right? yes. Yeah, with the Mark III Cortinas and stuff to make them a bit more American. Yeah, they did try that for a while, yeah. I think Citroen could do that with, like, the DS. They could do that with the CX. They could even do it with the SM if they were completely bonkers, crack smoke crazy. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I just thought I'd... I just thought I'd mention it, Rich, that's all. Well, this is, we've talked about this before, but this is, it's now sort of classic Euro car companies are 
mining heritage as much as they can because it's all they've got to differentiate themselves from the sort of the new boys coming out of China primarily. Mm. It's like, you know, if you're some new Chinese startup car company, you can make a very convincing EV with all the tech on it and it'll look sort of generically pleasant. Yeah. But you can't go back and go, hey, you know, those cars we made in the 60s that you kind of think are cool. Well, look, it looks a bit like that. And that's what, you know, Renault is doing, for example, with bringing back the Renault 4. Yeah, but, you know, and the 5. And the five but I think that's, that's what they're good at. And I think we all will go, as long as the drivetrain isn't complete dog's mud, we'll go, this is, <laughs> this is great. It's, it's pleasantly nostalgic, but it works in, a, yeah. it works in, the, in, the, in the 21st century. Cool. I'm on board. Um, yeah. Oh hey, uh, just uh, talk to stop me. Stop talking about cars. I was first of all, I wanted to say hi to uh, a lady called Becca from the Passenger Seat Podcast, who I met last week at the RAC Historic Awards, where I successfully didn't win um, the award for outstanding journalism. So um, I thought you successfully got, got drunk. I thought that's what you were going to say. I did. I, I did successfully get drunk. <laughs> I, got, I successfully got drunk and then successfully couldn't find my way back to my hotel, even though it was only five minutes down the road. Oh, you complete stroker. <laughs> Walked around. Well, because it was in the middle of London, and I was like, oh, I've, I've lived in London for 20 years. I know my way around it. I just set off in the wrong direction, like an absolute sleeve. So um, <laughs> that was, was good. Carrying under my arm the certificate they gave me to, to say that I got nominated. But well, didn't win. well done. I'm going to put next to another certificate. I have to say that I was nominated for a BAFTA, but didn't win it. So um, on my wall of success. Hey, take that success and run with it. No, it's, it was it was really nice to be. There are only three people. We in really the ought to self-nominate this podcast at some point, shouldn't we? For th- yeah, my wife keeps saying that, and uh, I just can't because I I'm didn't self-nominate busy. for the for the, this award. I just I a lot of awards uh, people don't realise you have to put yourself forward. I don't like that. I don't like having to put no, yourself I don't forward. Like that I want, if someone thinks that we're we're worthy, feel free to put us forward. But I mean. Yeah. Anyway, I was, I was at these awards um, <laughs> getting a bit drunk and, uh, and, and chatting shit too. I was hanging out with Ed China. He was there. Uh, sweet, sweet, sweet guy. Sweet, sweet, very uh, large guy. And, uh, my great mate TV's Richard Hammond was there. And uh, so I had a good catch up with him. But then, uh, yeah, Becca came over and, uh, and said hello and said she was listening to the podcast. And she has a podcast called Passenger Seat, which is um, always recorded in her Morris Minor which she'd driven to London in oh, wow. with her dad and parked outside the RAC club, which I thought was quite cool. That is really you know, cool. Fair play. That's, um, got that's brave. Historic Grand Prix cars and stuff all littered about the place. And then she's like, oh, coming down my Morris Minor, I'm going to park it on the street outside. So, uh, yes, hello, Becca. And, Thanks, Becca. Uh, I had something else to say about those awards and i can't remember what it was now oh yeah no <laughs> what that you, you drank you, i got you a drank drinking injury a, a liter of I got a drinking injury but n- not from the not from the awards from the then the the, the next when was that what did whenever you the do? awards were well, the following weekend i went to a dinner party just down the road some with some mates and I, I wasn't like mad drinking because we're all middle-aged and everyone wanted to go to bed by midnight so i was like i just walked home and uh the babysitter had been looking after our kids so it's, it's uh, sorted all that out and then i was like i'll let the dog out go to bed dog came back in i have a bit of a thing with my dog sometimes when she she looks really sad before bedtime and i so i give her a big scruffle to make her know that she's loved. oh is this a, when you're a bit pissed and you, you think oh go on then 
Go on. Yeah, so long story short, I gave the dog a massive scruffle in the course of doing it. I cracked my head on the worktop. <laughs> <laughs> on the side of, of the kitchen no, worktop. No, no. Because I was like, because I was going, and I just kind of turned my head too quickly and just glancing blow to the side, <laughs> like to my eyebrow against the side of the worktop. I, but the bit, at the time, I was just like, ow, that hurt a bit. And I went, fuck! Slightly Did- too loudly. And I thought, oh, God, I hope I haven't woken the kids. Bear in mind, my wife is away. This is the other contextual thing that needs to be said. My wife is away, which... Um, so I was holding the fort alone. And I, I was like, oh, that hurt a bit. No, 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 that's it. No blood. Okay. It didn't really hurt that much. Okay. And then I just went to bed. And maybe under reflection, I should have put some ice on it. Because now I've got a fucking massive black eye. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. Bloody hell. Um, but I didn't hit my eye. I hit my. I hit just above my eye, and that had a little bit of a lump the next day, and then my eye started going purple, and we're now... This was days ago, and I've got a real kind of... It looks like I'm wearing very elaborate mascara, all from scruffling the dog. Um, I said this to my wife, because she's in America, and she went, don't blame the dog. Don't, I told you about like, the time... I told you about the time that I, I accidentally knocked myself out uh, running back into the house to get something when I was... I'd already started the car on the drive. What? Don't tell me about that. It was ages ago no. now. Okay, so... So, pick, listen, guys, look. Picture the scene. Look. I've gone outside and I've started the car up and I'm not... I don't leave it for, like, ten minutes or anything, Duff, but I, I usually start it and leave it for a minute or so whilst setting my mm. sat-nav and plugging my USBs and all that cheers. Well, I realised I'd forgotten to put, bring my USB phone charger. So I started it, and I think it was the Dodge, actually. I think it was a summer job, and I was, I was feeling brave. I was like, oh, I'll take the Dodge. Mm. And I went, oh, I was running late already. So I thought, oh, shit. I ran back, unlocked the, the house while the car was idling, ran back into the mm. house. And I'd been listening to, I think it was Iron Maiden um, prior to that anyway. <laughs> So I decided, I'm sure I've told you this before, but maybe it wasn't on, on a recording. I decided to, I ran, I sprinted back through the house. And as I ran uh, mm. over the threshold from the hall into the spare room where I keep like charges and stuff, I did an 80s mm. metal jump. Like, 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 Bruce, like, Bruce, like, Bruce Di- like Bruce Dickinson would, like off of a Marshall stack. But the problem was I hadn't yeah. factored how high I'd leapt. I completely twatted my head on the door frame. <laughs> and I came, I came, to, I blacked out. I came to on the floor. Oh my God. I came to on the mm. floor. I'd hit myself so hard. I'd just gone down and out. <laughs> And then I, I I don't know how long I was out for. I don't think it was very long at all. But I, I, I sort of came to and I could hear the dodge. I was thinking, someone's taking the dodge. And then I woke up. I woke up and went, what the fuck's just happened? It was like, oh, yeah, I went in to get my phone charger. And I've just knocked myself out doing an 80s, 80s metal jump through the threshold. So, Oh, man, you have not told me that story before. I think I'd remember if you had. Oh, well. Because I was... I, I um, said to somebody else about my black eye, because my wife went, well, cause I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Why have I got a black eye? I didn't even hit my eye. She went, well, you know, there's lots of really fine blood vessels there. And then I went to see the physio, because my knee's buggered again. And I said to him, about, excuse my black eye, and sort of explained to him the embarrassing way I got it. And he went, oh, yeah, there's lots of small blood vessels there. And he's like, I was like, I know. My wife said that. And he went, but, you know, seriously, if you start to feel lightheaded or, or anything like that, you get headaches, you should go and get that checked out. And I was like, mate, I, I just, it was just a glancing blow. I don't know why I look like I look like this, but mm. I, going to the hospital and going, yeah, I'm getting headaches and lightheadedness um, from scruffling my dog's head a few days ago. It would be 
almost as embarrassing as going, I did an 80s metal jump and <laughs> was it the door frame? Did you hit your head on the door frame? Yeah, yeah, completely. And I hit it. Oh I, I was I was travelling. I was travelling through the door aperture at quite a pace. And I was actually, <laughs> do you know what it was? I was actually really excited. It had been a lovely morning, and you know it was going to be a fun day. But it went from being mm. fun to being like almost. <laughs> I thought I died <laughs> really being quickly. Just on the floor. <laughs> Honestly, because also just to clarify, eighties metal jump. You have to get your lower legs sort of. Uh, my lower an, lower leg. Angle, don't what you do you mean, to... my lower leg? They're, they're the well, you know same. what I mean. Below the knee. Well, how am I trying to say this? I'm, you know, I'm not expressing it very well. But you have to bend your knees quite aggressively, don't you? To sort of, so you're fully off the ground, and your your knees have to. You oh, yeah, have to yeah. like, try and so, kick yourself in the ass with one leg. Yes, I've got one. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but at that point, one thing Bruce Dickinson never had to deal with was his spare room doorway being on stage <laughs> at the time. Honestly, I I felt so stupid, but luckily nobody knew. Uh, so it was. <laughs> well, it's okay. No one's listening to this apart no. from thousands of people. My mum and dad listen. Um, no one again. And, and, and oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they'll worry. Yeah. Johnny, they'll worry. Yeah, I'm. I'm also really looking after yourself. Do you know yeah. all? I was running late, like I said. So all I did, I looked down, checked for signs of urine, and went, "No, nope, I haven't pissed oh. myself." Brilliant, and dusted myself off and got straight back in the car. But I did. I, I turned up at the shoot with a throbbing head. I had such yeah, a headache. Not surprised. So I had, to, I had to go hard on the sweet coffee and painkillers for the first part of the day. Was this was this when you shaved your head or before that? Before this was quite a oh, while good. ago. So you, yeah concealed any gash. skull damage <laughs> yes I, I concealed the gash absolutely i did yes <laughs> being on camera with a with a very obvious head wound oh is, honestly it's not a brilliant look no it's it's really not actually um but also that your hair probably cushioned a little bit of the blow i think it did but i mean my yeah there was a time it's which some of us may remember in my Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. In the early days of my TV career, um, I had a lot of hair and it was black. It was also spiky. We know this. Um, Mm. But that's okay because I think it made me... In in the words of a producer, distinctive. So I I'm okay with that. <laughs> Is that being damned with faint praise? I don't know. It might have it? been. You look like you look like a complete fool. I'm not sure. That's quite a good way to be 
euphemistic, isn't it? Oh, what do you think of these new trousers? Well, they're distinctive. They are yeah. very distinctive trousers. Um, trousers. Trousers. I know what I was going to say. Dangerously, it's car-related again. I'm, I'm really sorry about this, listeners. Mm, um, the Aura Funky Cat's not called the Funky Cat anymore. I saw. Did you? But did now? But I actually can't remember because I because I didn't write. Yeah, it I was going to say. I hope you know. Isn't it something like the GWMO three? It's, it's, it's got a, it's a really it's, washing machiney kind of name, and you go. Mm. It's like a Russian has rebadged it and gone. No, no, we need just serial numbers here. Come on. Um, I'm going to type this now. I'm going to apologise as I type it to my friend Phil, who says that he listens to the podcast while he's riding his bike, and whenever I type, it gets picked up on the mic. And it sounds like something's tapping against the frame of his bike and he always looks down and then realises it's just us doing on-air searching. So, yeah, it's called the GWM Aura 03 now. Is that all it is? And it's sort of, I mean, I know Funky Cat was a bit of a silly name, but at least it was distinctive and it stood out. But yeah, maybe the feedback was that people were embarrassed to tell anyone that they'd got a Funky Cat because it sounds a bit too zany i don't know anyway it's uh, zany it's, i've just oh my god <laughs> now autocar oh your subs have had fun here their review of the funky cat yeah the stand first reads distinctive chinese ev jumps into the uk's family market but fails to land on its feet mm, good cat reference nice but unfortunately, the online version of the review, they've updated it to reflect the car's new name. So it now says GWM Aura 03 review, but it still says fails to land on its feet. And the gag doesn't work because there's no cat in the title anymore. Ah, oh, that's annoying. It's just not as good as it was. But, you know, uh, I, I, there's a lot to like about that car. I think it was probably always too expensive. Uh, I think that it, it mm. needed to be keenly priced in order to break the market. But I don't want to talk yeah. about too much car stuff because I feel like uh, we're cheapening it. So we could talk about the Great British Bake Off. I watched that the other night and I was, <laughs> I was spectacularly late. Do you know what I did? I did what you did recording this podcast this morning where you had loads of time to kill and then actually ended up being uh, late because you sort of dithered. And we yeah. all do it. I'm not just pointing the finger at you because I do it. And I'm sure some listeners. I wonder if there's like one of those huge German words for what what happens here, where you have just a bit of time to kill, and you feel like it's not enough time to do anything productive. So you faff, and then suddenly realise that you're late. Well, because you, there was no, it wasn't urgent enough what you next had to do. Well, well, picture this scene, which this story's not interesting, but I'm telling it to you anyway because this is my <laughs> podcast. So screw you guys. Um, Don't oversell stuff. Um, I. I I decided to watch the British Bake Off final because, as we know, uh, Aston Martin enthusiast and motorcycle um, fanatic Paul Hollywood is is, mm. is on it. And I, and I I thought it'd be nice to see his, his sleeves being rolled up and his, his laser eyes um, picking out the finalist. And I, and I was having dinner anyway. And I watched that and I kept looking at the clock going, I have to go to the supermarket tonight because I don't have any food. You know, when you... I was eating the last of the food 
and t- and the yeah. next night, I don't want to have to open my can of Nigel Mansell soup. No, I don't want to ruin that. And I know I, it's like tomorrow night. I haven't got any time. The kids are going to need feeding immediately. I've got to have food in the mm. cupboards that isn't signed mm. by Nigel. So, <laughs> I, I but I wasn't banking on watching the final of the um, the Bake Off. So I, I strung it out. But wait. You- have you watched any of this series of Bake Off? I've watched two episodes. I do like the British Oh, okay, Bake so Off. you're slightly invested in this. But yeah, no, I, okay. I do like you the British... suddenly decide. Yeah, I'm not interested in MasterChef. No offence, Greg Wallace. But I, I'm just mm. not... I'm not interested in MasterChef. I'm interested in Bake Off. I think it's really love kind of fluffy uh, homemaking TV. So mm. I, wa- I was watching it and I realised, I looked at the clock and was going, mm, what time does... What time does Morrison's close? Is it nine or ten? Because if it's nine, I've really screwed that one up, haven't I? And then the, the, I was looking at the I was looking at the British Bake Off, going, "Oh, it's going to end in about mm, it's going to end about ten minutes." Anyway, at the time I, I was testing. Let's just say I was testing a really interest un, interesting K vehicle, JDM K vehicle. Oh, I, so mm, I yes. so I mm. got in the K vehicle, looking at the clock, going, oh, "Okay, I've got like." 40 minutes before the whole shop shuts and it's 10 minutes to get there i'm gonna be on the clock a bit for this one let's just do it this is my favorite time to go supermarket shopping sped over there as one can with 660 cc's and um got in the shop with me my uh <laughs> my bags for life which didn't have shit in and um just started going up and down the aisles of, as fast as possible but here's the thing Midway through, and I, I was dithering at this point because I couldn't f- exactly find what I needed. The security guard walked past. And he craned his head back and he went, uh, "Sir, you know we're closing very soon, don't you?" And I went, "Yeah, yeah, 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 no problem." And then I carried on. I was probably halfway through the shop when he said that, as in my shopping list. Well, I got a bit further on, and he found me. I realised I was the only person in the shop. <laughs> He found me and he went, um, we're all ready to go home, sir. You, you, sh- ah. you should have already started paying for all of that. Do you know? And I went and I looked at my watch, which is a, my, my little t- gold Timex Pac-Man edition. And I went, mm. uh, I said, uh, I said, you, you, you close at 10, don't you? And he went, yeah, we close at 10. And I went, but it's, I said, well, I've, oh, I've got about 10 minutes. And he went, no, 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 it's one minute past 10. And I went, what? And I got my phone out of my pocket and my, my wristwatch was the wrong time. And I basically, I had to do the walk of shame through back to the, t- the checkouts and all the staff were just stood there basically going, we hate you, we hate you, we absolutely hate you. You're a prick and we should have left by now. And we, they had to reopen one of the tills. They had to chaperone me around all the security um, barriers that Mm. they put down. Honestly, it was extremely Mm. embarrassing. And I want to apologise to everybody in the shop. Um, I did say to the security guard, he didn't care. As he was walking away, I went, "Um, I'm really sorry, my watch is telling the wrong time. I actually said that. (laughs) And also, I was watching Bake Off. Yeah. Also, I I didn't pull my finger out and I'm a complete flute. But anyway, so... So that's that. And then I realised that the vehicle I was in actually genuinely didn't have enough space to put all the bags in. So I had to sort of drive home with a big bag (laughs) on my lap, which is quite hard on a manual car. The downside of the K car, this is why they don't bring them over here, is because you can't... Well, this particular one doesn't have a boot. But anyway, 
So I'm looking forward to seeing you reviewing that K car because I think it's interesting in its own. Do you know what? It's a, it's a it's a damn cool device. It's coming up on on something called the Late Break Show uh, soon. Excellent. Uh, uh, um, speaking of telly, um, I thought we should uh, just acknowledge last week I was ranting on about Top Gear, um, and then this week uh, we probably should just mention the news about the Grand Tour that's been in various papers and online outlets and stuff which has been a bit weird because it sort of just suddenly exploded and the, you know the headlines are all that's it jeremy richard and james are, are quitting the show and stuff and it's sort of couched in slightly dramatic terms that it's a bit i still because i still do bits and pieces for the grand tour and so it's, i sort of feel quite close to this and the uh well the truth is that all those stories that have sort of been run uh have radiated from the sun's coverage of the whole thing which um pretty much accurate the only thing that i think people have missed is the way that tv commissioning works which is you know shows tend to be sort of commissioned for a set amount of series or episodes or whatever and the grand tour was originally three series uh which was the ones with the tent as a studio and and it was sort of more like the old top gear format and when that was when that commission came to an end, Amazon went, "We'd like some more, please." And the presenters went, "Well, we're quite old and tired, and we probably haven't got the energy to do ten, twelve shows a year. Can we just do a couple of feature-length specials every year?" And Amazon went, "Yeah, that would be great." And so they were commissioned to do that for three years, but then COVID came along and interrupted things, and so they did the UK-based. What did they do? Lockdown was one of them, and the other one was called Carnage à Trois. And because those weren't sort of epic road trips abroad, they sat outside the original commission and Amazon paid for them separately. So they still had to fulfil an obligation and that obligation inevitably comes to an end. So when that happens, the presenters have kind of gone, yeah, well, you know, we're even more old and tired than we were before. <laughs> so that's sort of the story, really. It's 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 odd because it's suddenly become news, and it's you know. So you, you, is it like show? We're sort of aware of what's going on. And is it like a narrow boat having a very been, slow collision and coming to a stop? You you knew it was happening yeah. quite a while back. Well, there's quite a lot of grand tour still to come because the next one won't air until next year, and then. There's going to be some other Grand Tory stuff, and then there'll be another one sort of much later in the year. So it'll feel like there's still Grand Tour going on all through 2024, pretty much, with Jeremy, Richard and James. Um, so this has been sort of just this, this has come, you know, has hit the news, but it's it's not like it all dead stops now. No. And they've just announced that um, Jeremy's got a fourth series of his farm show coming as well. So it's, uh, I think... The farm show be with Jeremy. Yeah, and James has got stuff going on, you know, and Richard's doing his, his Hammond's workshop on wherever that's on now. I can't remember. Discovery, well, uh, so I, let me tell you what Hammond's they're doing. They're all doing stuff. Hammond's opening uh, a classic car museum in the town I come from, in Taunton. He did oh. it last week. Is that in, was that in Taunton? Yes, in Taunton, on the high street. Yeah. used to be county stores where I was um, allowed to go with sometimes with my grandma and uh I get a really nice uh what rocky road slice oh oh I love a rocky road and they used to grind their own coffee beans before it was a thing they no they used to roast their own beans in house they had a roaster so the whole place oh. used to smell so amazing even though I didn't really know what coffee was because I was very young 
and we drive <laughs> there in the Allegro. Uh, nice. And now it's a classic car museum, which does have an Avenger Tiger in it. I don't know why I'm telling you all does this. It? it does. That one of the cars on display is an Avenger Tiger, and I think it's a Somerset registered car. So if that get, you know oh, when people steal stuff from museums, and it is a bit naughty. <laughs> Do they? If, if that Avenger Tiger goes missing, it's not me. Just so you know. Okay. Yeah. Just like Shaggy. Perfect crime. Imagine if Shaggy had Yeah, done it. it wasn't me. It well, was, we saw you on CCTV, yeah, Johnny, did Definitely you. No, no, it wasn't me. No, that wasn't me. Those um, are the words that I told you. Just... Uh, not to go back to cars, but in a way, actually, to go back to cars. Uh, we had uh, quite a few messages about Land Rover Defender side boxes mm. after you brought them up last week. Do we call them um, a hard pan, yeah? Do we call them a... <laughs> Do we? <laughs> yes. yes, I suppose we, call we could them call them that. Pannier? I don't know. Um, well, so quite a few people who've got Defenders are sharing what they put in them. Um, Craig Winter is one of the listeners who did that. He sent a picture of his Defender 110. Oh, cool. With the side box open and a... a, a how many bottles? There's more than it. Seven bottles of wine in it. Really? Behind a, a, a net. But he says, uh, I use mine for all my lashing straps and tie-downs. Uh, they do come in handy on camping trips. Also, on the vertical, they don't really stick out, even if they do create a nice blind spot in certain situations. So that's that was Craig's... Uh, take on. I like it. the lash down. The um, lash down. Um, the lash down idea is a great idea. I like that. Uh, Mike Robbins says uh, I have a defender with the silver side pod. It's great for muddy boots. It get, gets used for this a fair bit. It's also a great place to put three bottles of champagne. <laughs> Keeps them nice and chilled for when you get to your picnic rug bedeck destination. See, I've, I'm pretty sure um, that the, one of the selling. One of the serving suggestions that Land Rover offered was the the muddy boot thing. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Um, I have to say, Mike also says, uh, I have the roof rack and side ladder fitted. These get used less often, creating constant wind noise and crippling fuel (laughs) consumption. (laughs) Well, at least he's honest. At least he's honest. I've got another... uh, I've got quite a few of these. uh, Adrian McGrillan, his dad has a Defender... um, with the side boxes or lunch box, as his dad calls it. <laughs> lunch box. Um, he, he says, my dad uses his to store his bag for life for the grocery shop. Oh, okay. Which is, an yeah, interesting. Oh, do you know what? I, I am genuinely interested in, in this because I, I feared that it was just one of those things you, you tick the option box for and then you just look at it and go, I'm still not sure what really should live in there. So... You know, though, you know those um, rucksacks well, no. with with a, a, a see-through perspex orb on the back of them that pe- people um, in Japan yeah. walk around with with cats in them. Yes, I, yes. I, I, I did. I was going to suggest that you put like, for like Jet Russells. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine? Well, yeah, imagine on the motorway, dogs. You know, dogs. Well, they, but if you put the orb on the forward-facing bit, because dogs, you know, love to put their head out of car windows, but it's not actually very good for their eyes. Yes. But if the dog could see where you're going, I don't know if that would be exciting or frightening for the dog. I, if it just sort of feels like it's being hurled down the well, road. Well, I think Jack Russells don't know. They don't know fear or danger. So, can you imagine? This could be a the, the LR dog orb could be incredible. <laughs> the LR. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well. Good news. 
I'll, uh, the, the, the last message I want to read out about this is from an actual Land Rover engineer who works on the Defender. Oh, wow. I uh, won't give his name because he is still a member of the project team for the Defender. But hopefully he's listening and will take on board your dog orb suggestion. <laughs> uh, he, he wanted to just set us straight on a couple of things. First of all, he says they should only be fitted to one side of the car, not both. Okay, um, okay. Intentionally asymmetric. It's right. That's how you see them. But I think we can pick up on that because we're idiots. Uh, he also says there is a drain plug. Um, you probably can't fit many pairs of walking boots in. You might get some Wellingtons in. As you mentioned, it sits within the silhouette lines of the body, i.e. within the mirrors. Okay, okay. When the yep. product was developed, it was made deliberately to be ambiguous for its purpose with the idea that customers would use it for anything they saw fit, be it carrying tools, wetsuits, outdoor equipment, camping and leisure items, etc., etc., etc. It was offered... Uh, if it was offered with a specific purpose, it may have detracted from people buying it. Oh, so they have so, to um, keep it open-ended. Keep it vague, and you decide what you're going to use it for, rather than Land Rover sort of telling you that. So that's interesting. But, I thought that was the most interesting <clears throat> point that was made by our anonymous source here. But uh, he says that, uh, or could be a she, not saying it's a bloke. From anecdotal evidence I have from asking people what they use them for when I see them out and about, they're often used for winching and towing equipment, such as gloves and straps, first aid kits for those working outside, maybe a tyre pump here and there. I've also seen them turned into mini bars for use at horse events. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One minute on the one side, first aid, very important, yes. On the other side, yeah, yeah let's yeah. all get pissed in a field. Yeah, <laughs> get wankered. Um, well, I really appreciate well, that. Anyway, that's genuine. That's info. good. So, so thank you to everyone. I, I, I'll start reading these out because we've had quite a few of these. But <laughs> it generally seems to be a little bit of a booze theme uh, with, uh, with with some of them. But uh, ruddy faced Land Rover and drivers. We, we should start to wrap this up. But I just want to read out another message from one of our patrons, uh, a chap called Stan. Uh, who's a former automotive engineer and a British expat living in the US, primarily Michigan and latterly Florida. He's also, like me, married to an American. Uh, Stan says, over the course of the last several months, I've been working my way through your podcast back catalogue during my daily commute and also during longer weekend trips with my spouse. Oh, I'm so She's sorry. warmed to your podcast. <laughs> I love that she's warmed to it. Um, I don't like it, but I just warm to it. Um, he says, oddly enough, she hates pretty much everything else I try to listen to. In any event, she was in Michigan last weekend visiting her brother and his family. Her brother mentioned in passing that a friend of his works for Stellantis and was about to be made redundant. Instead of expressing sympathy for this guy's plight, my wife instinctively and immediately responded with... To which her brother responded, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's there followed an awkward pause, <laughs> followed by a long explanation of the orig origins of the Stellantis Eurobeats. <laughs> <laughs> Stan, thank you so much for that. That made my day when I read That's that. That's brilliant. That absolutely fantastic. I've just got the, this. The terrible way in which we've seeped into an innocent bystander's brain. I love that. Well, I don't love the fact that somebody's losing their job, but then quickly followed by No, by but the social awkwardness of instinctively going... <laughs> 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 Speaking of which, this Thursday we are at Stellantis headquarters in Coventry for a live show. So looking forward to seeing everyone there. And um, I can't wait. You'll hear the results next Monday. Um, but uh, 
in the meantime, we should um, we should bring this one into land. Well, we got to because uh, before we go, we got to try and be funny at that event, and I'm feeling the pressure. I know. Of that. Yeah. Let's. Well, we'll give it our best shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we go. Uh, I, might, I might jump things. through a doorway and knock myself out. <laughs> yes, why don't you just? I'll I'll tell you what. I'm gonna I'll message the answers after this and ask them how high the ceiling is in the room and if you can successfully. <laughs> also, is there a work surface? Because I can bring my dog and then I'll just headbutt it whilst attempting to say goodnight. To <laughs> so what are you? What a pair of absolute pipes we are. I was going to say, what a fleshy pannier you are. <laughs> With optional dog orb. <laughs> right, anyway, uh, let's, let's wrap this up. But before we go, uh, I have uh, three things to tell you. They are one, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Lacey Brace Show, <laughs> in which he goes to modified car shows and puts delicate fabric between strut towers. Uh, this week he's at a fast-forward event, sliding an anti-macassar into the engine bay of a Fiesta ST. If that's not your taste, there's always the Late Break Show. Lots of excellent videos oh. on the... Uh, what have we got coming up? <laughs> Sorry, that really tickled me. Um, yeah, Lacey, anti macassar strut brace. <laughs> it's the second time I've mentioned anti macassars in the past month or so. Anyway, um, go on. Sorry. Okay, what, so the, the, the latest the on the latest off of the Late Break show, it's, I think this is right up Smith & Stiff listeners' streets. Brand new recreation of the Lancia 037 uh, rally, rally oh. car made by the people in off of the Netherlands uh, called Maturo um, Competition Cars, MCC. And mm. I got to drive it. In fact, I'm the only person to have driven it apart from the owner, who is a, a wealthy chap in Mexico. And it now lives in Mexico because it was being flown there about a day after I drove it. So oh. it was really good. I got to drive it on the street because I am not a rally helmsman. And I did find uh, basically a... <laughs> a Dutch bridal path, which I, which I went down as well. So really exciting. And you get a, a little tour of how they have put these cars together better than, better than Lancia did in the eighties, which frankly wouldn't have been difficult, but I'm, I don't, don't yes. want to be down on Lancia, but let's just say the quality of the, the welding was pitiful. So. <laughs> pitiful. Look at this welding. It's pitiful. Well, they're, even the, the guys uh, have got an good. original one there and they scanned it and, Oh really? And, yeah, it and it's shocking. Yeah, but this car—it's a rest. It's a recreation, but it uses the original drivetrain. As in, it's still—it's uh, okay. still that same mad. Um, uh, what 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 is it? A Volumex uh, supercharger, isn't it? So it's got a really strange, mm. almost turbine engine sound. Ah, interesting. So there we go. Go and watch it, or I'll come round nice and I'll poo on your doorstep. <laughs> Interesting sales technique, but, you know, uh, give it a try. Uh, second thing I've got to tell you is uh, I have a new book out. It's called Boring Car Trivia 4. Lots of stuff in there for people who like arcane information <clears throat> about cars. If you've ever wondered about the tortured genesis of the Metro design, uh, then it's all there. <laughs> it's all there talking, long talking people pause. who are shit at promoting stuff yes <laughs> i don't know what else to say just buy the book please it's uh, available as a paperback or an ebook from amazon uh, we'll also have it um in our merch shop very shortly and we'll be selling them at the live show if you want to pick one yeah. up there and then ask me to write something stupid in the front and the third thing i've got to tell you is that uh, we're all familiar with the um U2 album, The Joshua Tree, yeah. one of their seminal albums. The track sequencing on that album was done by Kirsty McCall. Really?
Really? Yeah. Wow. Kirsty McCall, uh, as in Kirsty McCall. <laughs> yeah, she. They were really struggling with it, apparently. And um, Kirsty McCall, of course, was married to Steve Lillywhite, who was doing some of the producing uh, on that album. And they were running out of time to commit to the track order and they couldn't quite get it to work and she went oh come here give me a go and she sorted it out for them that's fantastic hmm wow bless her yeah. and she's no longer with us and she's, but she does a fine oh, no. christmas song bless as we now know yes she does yeah all right well that's that for this uh we're looking forward to seeing uh, some people on uh, thursday and then we'll show our homework of what we get up to at stellantis on um, monday next week until then thank you ever so much for listening goodbye bye now thanks mate cheers mate thanks mate bye you know just what to do like and subscribe and review you know just what to do like and subscribe and review And then it will go the size of an elephant's foot for the rest of the week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.